Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization in government, underwritten this week by Riverbed. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we're talking about the importance of modernizing the network to maximize security, visibility, and performance. Our guests today include Marlon McFate. Marlon serves as Federal Chief Technology Officer at Riverbed and specializes in networking, integration, and virtualization. He has worked for more than a decade with government and DOD agencies, advising them on network modernization strategies. Marlon, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the program. Thanks. Glad to be here. And also joining us is Vincent Burke, Chief Technology Officer and Chief Security Architect at Riverbed. Prior to joining Riverbed, Vincent earned his PhD in machine learning applied to internet security, monitoring, and forensics, and was founding member of FlowTrack, a network security software focused on catching advanced persistent threats. He has nearly two decades of network security experience, which he now uses to advise government leaders. Vincent, thanks for joining us as well. Thank you. Happy to be here. So a lot has changed in user and network demands over the past year. Marlon, can you start us off by breaking down what is complicating agencies' ability to improve network visibility and performance as we continue to navigate our way through and past the pandemic? I think it comes down to what you can garner from the data that you collect. You know, you can collect all the data in the world. It won't help you if you can't somehow provide or extract out of that data something useful, something that is going to help you, right? And the level of control you have is also different and also how pervasive your control is. So, you know, prior to the pandemic, if you think about it, most of the networks or the environments we were talking about were closed. And when I say closed, I don't necessarily mean air-gapped, but I mean private connectivity, whether it be the cloud, SaaS, location-to-location, typically MPLS. And so prior to the pandemic, the deficiencies that we found in traditional visibility solutions were obvious, but their impact was below, say, a threshold for needing immediate change. All of a sudden, our environments in public sector and the private sector kind of went through this 180 degree change. We went from being predominantly an environment that we had lots of control over and we had lots of visibility into. All of a sudden, the threshold of pain became, we exceeded that. Providers that we used, the locations our end users were at, All of that became exactly 100% opposite of what we had before, both from a visibility, a control, and being able to see what was going on. I mean, if you just think about it, you know, working at home, I have my Amazon, my Alexa, my thermostats, all these things that are now uh, encompassed into the, the agency organization's environment kind of ancillarily, and it causes issues. We don't have the control of the visibility into the environments anymore. Well, network operations and security operations have long been siloed or at least separated from each other. Vincent, let me bring you in here. How would the convergence of network and security operations centers help solve network visibility and the visibility challenge? So the question here is really fundamentally, what are the benefits of that, right? Because I think that if I look at most of the organizations that I have helped with that sort of transitionary process, what I see is that silo is generally created along purchasing boundaries, like fiscal boundaries in an organization. And I think that's a shame, right? If we think about if you have folks in the NOC and folks in the SOC, they're both buying a packet capture solution because one is going to need it to figure out performance-related problems and root cause analysis on why the network and the applications are not performing as they should and impacting productivity. Whereas on the SOC side, 
What we see is that folks are purchasing the same kinds of packet solutions to do you know, forensic analysis, detection of threats, and what have you. And I think if the same story goes for, for endpoint data collection, the same story goes for flow data collection, right? So these, these all these telemetry sources, they're collected in two different places, and they're kept by two different teams, and they're analyzed for two different reasons. And in the end, all of this is visibility. I mean, if we simply look at it from a perspective you know, of fiscal responsibility, merging the way the security operators and the network operators work in terms of tooling, all of a sudden, you spent the dollar only once, you can keep either twice the history or have twice as many network instrumentation points. But I think just you know, fiscally aside, I think if we think about the efficiencies that it brings on a people level, when both the NOC and the SOC are using similar or the same tooling, they're able to speak the same lexicon and they're able to swap nodes very quickly, right? When, for instance, a network slowdown is related to a large volume of traffic going from inside the network to outside the network, upon deeper investigation, this may potentially be a data exfiltration, which is typically happening very frequently before major ransomware attacks. At this point, the network operator troubleshooting a network network performance incident must hand this data over to network security for an incident response, right? For trying to figure out where is this data going? Who's it got in the network? Is there ransomware? You know, is there another type of compromise? How deep this go? The moment that there is a disconnect in tooling and a disconnect between those two teams, right? If they're siloed and stratified, that exchange of information at such a super critical time is going to be hampered, right? So there are both fiscal, but also people efficiency reasons, incident response response reasons for why you want to break those silos down and foster that collaboration. Well, that makes a lot of sense. However, I think you'd agree security has also become a primary driver for network architecture decisions, such as the introduction of encryption and network tunneling. How has this impacted the ability to gain performance visibility? I think that's an excellent question. I think that over the years, there has been you know, a, a tug of war, if you will, between gaining additional security for the network as well as gaining visibility and performance, having at least an ability to do troubleshooting and root cause analysis on performance problems. I would argue, though, however, that, for instance, things like encryption and with it, its kissing cousin, tunneling of network connections, like the in the SASE, CASB, DTNA world, right? If we think about that, encryption is keeping us safe because an intercept you know, makes it much harder for an adversary to look in our traffic and see what we are communicating. On the other hand, it also makes it harder for us to analyze where the performance problems are. Right? So this has certainly, for us at least, raised the complexity. And it's one major focus, at least for Riverbed, to make sure that we still provide that same value in performance monitoring and troubleshooting in an encrypted world. However, However, it has also given the attacker, right, the adversary, a benefit because they are now also encrypting their traffic and they're encrypting their command and control, encrypting their data exfiltrations and what have you. Now, the interesting fact is that in them doing that, we can start to sort of expose them again, right? So there was an, a side benefit to it. As we do encryption analysis and even some SSL decrypt, then those are 
generally for the legitimate and desired traffic on your network. Now, if you take a look at the adversarial traffic, well, we can't look into that. And they may be using a different cipher or expired certificates or what have you. And so all of a sudden, we see that this sort of needle in the haystack starts to stand out. So the, the interesting thing is the introduction of lots of encryption on the network has, in fact, not stopped us from being able to do more complex performance analysis. And it has given us a new amount of information about how attackers and adversaries may be acting on the network and sort of inadvertently exposing them because they want to stay hidden. That's an interesting observation. Um, Marlon, back to you. What do you see as the biggest challenges for agencies to converge NetOps and SecOps, since it certainly sounds like it's a logical move to make? Absolutely. It's interesting. You know, oftentimes these two groups are, are similar. They're, they're aligned in certain ways, right? They collect similar types of data, if not the same data. Uh, in many ways, their goals are aligned, if not the same. They're also expected to work together in areas such as incident response. But I find that this is challenging, right? And I would also argue that it needs to be addressed for any modernization efforts. And it's challenging because I think that some of the, the, the components that need to be changed aren't necessarily something that we're all aware of. And I'll give you an example. The two main areas that I find that contribute to this issue and create this circular problem are the culture of these two groups and the types of tools that they use. And by culture, the issue here isn't just about the technology, it's also about the people within the group. These two groups often times see the other as maybe a hindrance. For example, network teams can see security teams as the watchdog of sorts, and security teams can see networks as, you know, uncooperative in the things that they, you know, need done or the way that they need things done. And while both are using tools that may collect the same data, those tools present that data in their relative context, which leads to another cultural aspect. So now you can see where it becomes circular. Meaning, for example, a problem comes up that manifests in a way that makes it seem like it's uh, possibly a network issue. Network team uses their tool, which is looking at it from the network, says, nope, it's not mine. My tool says the network is all good. Problem is that tool is probably using SNMP or Flow, but only looking for a network problem. So an incomplete context, if you will, or a siloed view of things. And organizations don't realize that the tools that they're using are causing this unintentional siloing effect, creating that circular cycle that further strengthens, again, the silo. The prescription for this is also twofold. You know, one is culture and the other is unified data or unified network performance management. Teams will always have domain specific tools, but they need to create a foundation of data that represents each silo, but stitches across and encompasses the interactions end to end. And with that, you now have data in full context, desktop to network to app to security. And again, I would argue it not often addressed in our modernization projects. So when we look at the effects of unintentional siloing, it runs basically counterproductive to the culture, the process adoption, the technology, and why we're implementing this type of technology that we want to implement in these modernization projects. Well, finally, Marlon and Vincent, what advice would you offer federal agencies that want to move from a reactive to a more proactive security posture when dealing with cyber adversaries? I think that if we asked any security group within any organization, I think everyone would absolutely say yes. You know, we need to be looking for threats. What I found in the past in practice is that what that practice requires is, you know, more knowledge, more people, you know, more costs, those types of things. And so a lot of organizations, not that they're they're not doing some of that, they also tend to fall back on their static security infrastructure. And this puts them in a situation where they're basically waiting for an alert or waiting for something to say that there might be something interesting. So taking that mentality and coupling it with the level and the sophistication that we're seeing threats increasing, 
they're able to stay in these networks pretty much undetected for long periods of time. Uh, so they're obviously getting smarter at that. I think that we need to reassess this waiting for something to alert to us to saying that there is some, something interesting and start actually doing what we say we should be doing, which is that threat hunting, collecting the data from end to end, stitching it together so that you actually get the context between the network team and the security team. So you're not missing context or relevance of data and actually looking for those threats in your network. Yeah, I think the biggest advice I would offer there is that you know, you don't know today what you're going to need to be dealing with tomorrow, right? I think that one thing we have learned about cyber adversaries is that their behavior is evolving all the time. Their actions are unique. They're often very specific to your organization because they're looking for assets and targets specific to your organization. And I think the same thing goes for network performance problems in that applications and devices and networks, they break in a different way each day, right? And that is because complexity is increasing because we like the flexibility, our organizations are evolving, right? And so by saying you don't know today what you need to be looking at tomorrow, I'm also saying, look, if we look at the biggest threats out there, right, the ones that did the most damage to organizations, they were effectively evidence-free, right? There wasn't a red blinky light going off. So when you ask me about reactive versus proactive, I would say a proactive stance is collect telemetry and keep it forensically. And if you can, you know your network the best, hunt through it because you'll see performance issues, but you also see things where you go, hey, you know what? That's really interesting. Was that there yesterday? And with that, you might just catch the crazy hackers that are running around on your network. So prepare for tomorrow by collecting this telemetry. Well, I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there for today. Marlon McFade and Vincent Burke, thanks for joining us to talk about modernizing the network to maximize visibility and performance. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thanks to Riverbed for underwriting today's episode. Look for more from our IT Modernization in Government series on fedscoop.com and our FedScoop radio channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in.